0: Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Paul Becker. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now, here's my dad, Paul Fagan.
1: Hey, Paul. How you doing?
0: Hello, Paul. How's it going
1: over there today? Uh, doing well. Fantastic. Um, another eventful week. Um, got my taxes done, finally. Finally was able to, to get those done and out of the way, uh, organized all the paperwork, got it all ready to to get it all inputted. And, um, so it it worked out well. Um, then also was painfully behind in Quicken. I don't know if others out there are still using Quicken. I use an old copy of it to kind of keep my banks honest in terms of making sure I'm reconciled. And, um, it was really way off. I had to really (laughs) dig deep (laughs) and compare, (laughs) Uh, both my online and figure. Oh yeah. I remember what I took that. I'm usually not that bad with it, but for some reason it was bad. And then um, just on the college side, I know I've been giving inter- interim updates on my son. Uh, we got good news. He got into one of the colleges. He really was, was excited oh, about getting into. So it was, that, that was pretty cool. Um, On, I think it was Monday night. Like my wife came into the bedroom and like uh, I was sleeping and she, she's like, did you, did Andy get the email from, I'm like, huh? And like, um, and because she got an email, like, Oh, you, you, you should come up for this, you know, for the um, acceptance (laughs) day or whatever they call it. Right. Whatever it is. And then uh, she went and asked my son and then my son kind of came in kind of, and I'm still sleepy and groggy. He's like, dad, I got in. I'm like, Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, congratulations. And like, I didn't realize till the morning. Right. And then I properly kind (laughs) of congratulated him. So he's got, he's got some tough choices ahead. Right. So he's, And this is a timely episode, Um, you know, when we talk about stuff today. um, You know, he's got a few picks, and he's gotten into some places. He's still visiting. We have to visit two more. And he'll make a decision, right? So, you know, but um, this was uh, good news on our side. So, Paul, what's been happening with you?
0: Uh, Busy, crazy week. Uh, So, for all listeners out there, we had to delay our recording today by a good you know, half hour plus, I found a little bit of a termite infestation in the house, which is a little scary and uh, going to have a professional guy come and take care of that. But that was uh, certainly crazy and eye opening. So that's what's happening right now. Uh, pretty much live, if you will. Well,
1: hopefully, hopefully that'll subside. Right. So hopefully <laughs> yeah. that will subside. Uh, so, yeah, you'll have to keep us posted on that and, and see how that goes. So cool. Cool. Well, today's podcast is uh, with Tony Giancola. We will discuss the value of college. What is the true return on investment? But first, let's take a look at some news we saw this past week. The first news story was from The Balance. The headline is average college graduate salaries expectations versus reality. Um, Looking through this, Paul, you know, it talks about some of the headers in the article around average salary for college grads, early career majors that pay the most, the ones that pay the least, um, getting that salary information and consider your overall compensation package. Um, I think what jumped out for me, Paul, in this article was the big takeaway was the considering the comp package and not just the cash uh, because it really is a long, you know, look at the long-term opportunity. Um, I remember one time in my career, I had to take a slight step back money-wise in order to consider the benefits and the value of working for a particular company, and it did pay off for me. Like It was a very short-lived back step, but then it, it definitely paid off for me to make that move. So that is definitely something that I took away from the article. Paul, what was your take on this article?
0: Well, that's interesting, Paul. I had the same thing. I did have to take a step back salary-wise at one point, and you know, long-term, it's been great. I, I do think the whole package is really, really important. One of my sons was looking at a uh, career opportunity with a firm, and they kept asking him if he would accept X dollar amount. And he said, well, I, I'm flexible. Let's talk. And they, they asked him three times, actually, about the same number. And it was a little weird because it was very early in the process. And a good friend of mine who's in HR, a recruiter actually in HR, I was chatting with her like, how does he respond? Because he's responded three times already saying, yes, I can be flexible. Let's talk. And so she gave us some advice on, well, you know, obviously it's not just a number. What is the total comp? You know? Would they help him pay for grad school if he wanted to go to grad school and things like that? So it was, it was really good, and he responded in kind, and then they went dark. So it, it was just kind of weird how it all played out. But you're spot on. The total package is what really matters the most in long-term, long-term planning and thinking. You know, how much are they giving you maybe towards a 401K? Is a simple IRA versus a regular 401K? All those sort of things matter.
1: Yep, absolutely, absolutely, and and we'll talk a little bit more as we dive into these topics today. Um, the next the next story is on Goalcast, uh, the most overrated college degree, according to Mark Cuban. So, you know, looking through this article, you know, he talks about the most overrated college degree, which I guess is the MBA, uh, the Master's of Business Administration. Um, he's saying you get the same education for way less money. Experience is more valuable, um, and, and these are some of the things we're we're probably going to dig into today right i think my my takeaway from there was um the nba being overrated i'm not sure if i totally agree and this is where we'll die we'll dive deep today with tony in terms of especially if your work is going to pay for it or if you could afford to pay for it yourself like there's little nuances when it comes to the nba uh, executive versus the straight nba and and, and I think there's other things that tie into the MBA programs, you know, that people don't put their fingers on in terms of networking opportunities and stuff like that. So I definitely am excited to get into this today. Paul, what was your take on this article?
0: So, wow, well, we're actually agreeing a lot today, Paul, but I, I do think there are nuances to it. I also think it depends on necessarily the career track you want to take, okay? If you want to do more and more management having those three letters after your name for MBA, it's um, sort of a stigma that people want to see for some of those executive level positions. It doesn't mean you're not a smarter, maybe you're chosen more technical path or some other path. And uh, it it is interesting. Um, Personally, I, I agree that experience is what matters most and diversity in your experience can help you much more than some what a, a book can teach you. And you can find out what that book can teach you really easily online and, um, or YouTube, whatever you want. The networking opportunities are different and that do help you though. And they do open different doors. Absolutely. Yeah, so,
1: so with that, I think we'll just kind of jump in, right? We'd like to now welcome back to the podcast, Tony Giancola. Tony is the branch manager at Go Mortgage and the co-owner of Remax Elite Realty in the greater Tampa Bay area in Florida. We've had Tony on the show before to discuss real estate. We discussed wedding planning, but today we're going to switch it up once again. We're going to discuss the value of college and really asking that question. What is the true return on investment uh, when it comes to college? Tony, welcome back to the show. Always love having you. Thanks for
2: having me, guys. I appreciate it. Great to be
0: here.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, t- so Tony's
0: t- t- becoming a regular now, right? Yeah, yeah this I, is yeah, great. I like it. I this is it.
1: this is great. As long as he'll, as long as he'll have us, we will have him. So this is great. Um, we were joking, and I think um, our last guest, ga- one of the last guests that we taped with, Joe, um, lives in your neck of the woods, like Tony. I think he lives. Down I think he's. Doors down, he could like probably that. hear your mower when you're mowing, right? Like literally, that's what we found out on the show. Yeah. It was so crazy. So we were jokingly saying. Uh, you guys are going to have to congregate somewhere and kind of do a live taping from the backyard somewhere down there. Well, you know? wait till I, I don't Paul's
2: know if... down here visiting. We'll just do it right. That's there. right. We'll do it definitely
1: <laughs> in the backyard. So I think that'd be very cool. Um, but Tony, tell us a little bit about your background when it comes to college, your experience with college, your kids with college. What's on your What's on your mind when it comes to this? Because it's really the value of college, and that's becoming that's becoming under fire as as the rates of drastically inflated for for college costs right depending on where you go and and the job market being you know it's 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 picking up it's hot this and that but you know wages you know for it depends on what fields you're going there's a lot of nuances but interested to hear your point of view on this
2: yeah and I, i'm all over the spectrum on it and and it's it's funny because i've seen it from you know my own experience which i i didn't graduate from college i i was accepted into Villanova University really early on in my senior year. And then it didn't work out, transferred to a B choice and, you know, mentally wasn't into it. So I went a different path. Uh, I see my older daughter who now uh, uh, works with me on the mortgage side. She went to a great graduate at USF. Uh, she has a degree in one thing and now she's in the mortgage industry. Um, and now my twins, you know, a year ago we were going through the, the same process you just talked about. Uh, waiting for those acceptance letters, where they're going to go and making that decision. And now we're we're well into their first semester. So it, it, it's really a it's been a real uh, eye opening turn of events to see this all come about. Uh, and it's really led me into almost a perspective of skepticism with the whole process and what it means today. You know, and, and I think that Uh, just sort of reflecting back on our our whole wedding conversation, right? There's some really interesting conversations that have to happen early on to figure out what's best. I mean, my wife and I almost come from different sides of the spectrum on this, too. Like where I'm at now after watching this, I almost think, you know, a two-year associate's degree locally before going to that big school could be argued the point for that, both from an economical and a, Clarity standpoint, you know, uh, and then it's amazing to think my daughter, my youngest daughter, uh, the the, the, one of the twins went in, they both were accepted into FSU, which we were thrilled about. Um, but she was accepted into out of state school. So looking at the difference between the cost of out of state school and in state school and basically happened to meander to what ultimately was her second choice, um, but it all boiled down to having a really big financial discussion with her, and now they're both in majors and talking about what are the realities of those majors as they come out of school. And one of them's talking about changing their major or dual majoring. And the eye opener for my son that hey, you know, he has an, an innate way of, uh, for lack of a better way of coasting through an average to above average grade, but the field he wants to go into. If he's not off the chart on his grades, he's not going to be able to do anything with it. So there's a like there's a broad spectrum you can go down on this topic. It's crazy. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. And and Paul, what's I know I know your experience you've shared with it on the, on the call, you know, on the on these um, on calls with me and also on the podcast. But I'm, I'm itching to talk as well. But I'll let you go before <laughs> I get on a soapbox.
0: Wow, I, this is rare. I just want to enjoy this moment for a moment while Paul lets me go first here. Usually it's hard <laughs> to get them off the soapbox. <laughs> um, I, I actually think it depends on the kid. It depends on, on what they are, are thinking. If they're really unsure what they want to do or what they have an aptitude to do, I, I think the two-year program is really, really invaluable. It lets them get a taste for it. And it's much more affordable. You can graduate with an associate's degree from, uh, from those local two-year schools, community colleges. And then from that, you can go on to the four-year program, in which you finally refined what you wanted to do. It, it depends on, on the kid. And actually, Paul, I was reflecting on a podcast we did, um, I think it was September 20th or so, somewhere around there, a few months ago, we published it on college flight plan you know, the, the folks out in California, that they have that whole mm-hmm. program that help kids figure out what they're good at. And it, it even is college right choice for them. So I, I was I was thinking about that a lot. Go ahead. Talk yeah. to you.
1: Yeah. And I think, Tony, you know, kind of tying these two together, my only fear, and, and I think, Tony, you hit upon this, you know, what happens is, you know, a kid will do a two-year program, think that they could transfer all those credits to a school of their choice. And they find out that, they might not be able to transfer any or a handful of the credits. Like it really, you gotta be so, you gotta really think through this. I think for me, and I think I've talked about this on the show, you know, my experience has been, I I graduated four-year school with Paul, right? So we went to school together. That's how we met in college. Um, I have no regrets on college. You know, I worked full-time and went to school full-time. So at graduation, when everyone, like there were people around me, I was one year behind Paul when I graduated, but there were like, grown men around me in their cap and gowns crying because they were graduating and they were going to be out of school and not living on campus or whatever. And I was just happy on mo- that Monday. I had one job, right? I could, I could, now I could, I don't have to do two jobs. I was going f- school full-time I was working full-time. All I got to do is work full-time. I didn't even have to go find a job. I just stayed with the job I had and was able to sleep more. It was great. And and for me, I always told my wife that my my thing I would love to give my kids is the gift of four years of college. Right. After that, I, I you know, it's if if we're lucky enough to have some funding, we could do that. We'll have to see. But really, my focus was on those four years to be able to give them four years of college. So and I always tell my kids the same thing. You gotta be happy in what you do and and you gotta, you know do it well. Like I always use these use cases. I got good friends. I got a good friend of mine who owns an auto body shop. I got a good friend of mine who's an electrician. They can go to college and they did extremely well, right? Like I'm not envious, jealous. They just, you look at the way they've worked and, and thought through things and stuff like that. And they, they took it one rung at a time and start the business and then buy the building and then buy some real estate and just keep on going. And so I don't know necessarily if college is the right thing for everybody, right? No, and but, the other thing- No, but it's
0: not that plan, Paul, right? It's having a plan and yeah, but, executing to your plan, that helps.
1: Yeah, and maybe in hindsight's 2020, when I went to college, everyone said, you gotta be an accountant because it's a safe degree, right? You gotta be an accountant. I got the account, I I, was, I stunk at it, wasn't great at it. I mean, I could get through corporate accounting and I, that's, I managed that type of thing, but like hardcore accounting was not my thing. I was able to do it mechanically, but I never saw the numbers. They never danced off the page at me. And then when I got the technology job as a part-time gig, moving from the mailroom to a computer job, that's where I got all my experience. So I'm thankful and grateful that college got me my friends, my family, my wife, and 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 it is a defensive play. Like I remember when I had to work, you know, I went to go work at my first big company job. I had to bring a copy of my diploma. In fact, my Mm -hmm. my father, as a gift, had it mounted in wood. (laughs) So I had to bring this big wooden plaque down to the library and photocopy. the diploma to prove that I had it now it's all electronic, but like I had to show the, the employer that I, this big bank that I, I did graduate college. So I needed it. Uh, but, but for me, you know, it helped me with my, my, my job and stuff like that. But when I look back in hindsight, my parents couldn't afford to send me, we got these ridiculous private loans. And I was lucky enough to have some of that picked up by my old, my first job when I was working full time and I was able to pay for it. And, but I paid that thing off forever, three seventy three forty two a month forever until I was able to get rid of it. I remember the loan amount, three seventy three forty two. It's etched in my brain, right? And so I, I, that's why I'm welcoming this conversation today um, around this whole thing. So, Tony, what what is the harsh reality in your opinion when it comes to college? I know we were bantering back and forth with the text today, but like, what is your biggest pet peeve, or what, what do you think that is in your mind?
2: Well, for me, really, and it's it's sort of more. Uh, revolving around the times that we're in, right, COVID has changed a lot about what's going on on campus, right, and, and to your point, I, I, I am a huge advocate for education, so I want my kids to have that four-year degree, right, I, just to, to make sure that I make that point clear, and my skepticism is how it's being done right now, so, I mean, there's a lion's share of their classes, they're, they're living on campus, which I think is a wonderful experience, you know, for them to be able to associate, start to bridge that gap between childhood and adulthood, I think it's a great bridge there. Very difficult on me uh, in the beginning, right? So it wasn't so good for me, but great for them. But my biggest pet peeve is how many classes are online, right? So, mm. you're, uh, you know, you're, you're paying for the, the same experiences and in-class experience. You're paying for the dorms. You're paying for the meals. And they're taking their class from a computer screen in the dorm room, which they're in Tallahassee. They could be sitting here in Dunedin doing that at 90% of the cost. So if you're Mm. talking about the pet peeve, that would be my pet peeve, that we're paying the same. But, and I don't, how's it going to evolve coming out of the COVID experience? Is there still going to be a lion's share of those classes online? I mean, there's classes that my kids have opted into that are, they could have classroom experiences, but they've opted on into the online thing. So where does the cost factors evolve around that evolution in education? That's my big pet peeve.
1: Yeah, and I think people have talked about me, Paul, you you were in first firsthand with your kids. I mean, I had heard stories where, where people were paying, you know, full boat tuition, for their kids to be home, they were trying to figure out how they you know, were they going to get refunded for dorm fees? There was a bit, it was a big mess when this happened. And I think, Paul, your, your, your guys were in the eye of the storm. How, how did yeah. that play out for you and, you know, for for those guys and, and their friends?
0: So I, I am somewhat biased here. I think my kids got one of the best educations in the world uh, with from one of the best schools uh, doing it hands down. They're a very small school. They take 28 kids a year. That's all they take. It's an engineering school with one degree. (laughs) That's all they get. Um, They were architecture, marine engineering, wonderful program. And, but during this, um, when COVID was breaking out, my one son was doing an internship in Europe and I remember this very clearly and he's like, okay, we're going to go to Italy, visit there, and then come home. And this is when Italy was really just peaking. And I'm like, Please don't go to Italy. Like, fly out of somewhere else. Please, just figure out how to fly out of somewhere else. And he did. And then, yeah, they all came home. They were, I think they were on campus for, I want to say, a week because they started in March. And then they sent them all home. And the school was struggling to figure out, like every school. This is uncharted. No one knew what to do. In their instance, what they ended up doing was, um, sending everyone home, and then they pretty much gave everyone a refund for a prorated refund for that semester for a room and board, which was wonderful. It was outstanding. The great thing is a lot of the people then donated that money back to the school to help. And why why would parents do that is uh, because it's a tuition-free school. Their, their school, we only pay room and board for Which adds up very quickly, Paul, I shared my spreadsheet with you um, a while ago about the cost of schools and with room and board, as well as when we take into account scholarships. And they all evened out whether it be a state school, an out-of-state state state school, or a private school. When you looked at um, the funding they were receiving in scholarships, the numbers were all within a few thousand dollars. But uh, that's how they did it. It was interesting. They still, to this day, my younger one is still there. There's still some professors who are occasionally doing remote. So, Tony, to your point, like, "Mm," it's not the same. It's not the same experience, interaction with the professor, with whatever. But that's by far few and far between them, which is great. But it was a challenge for every school. Schools lost a lot of money during that. I don't think they knew what to do. And then when they came back, gosh, they put up kids in hotel rooms just because they want to make sure everyone's quarantined for a certain amount of time before they came on campus. So.
1: yeah, it was an interesting situation, and and I think I think that's something that could probably be a whole. We we've done COVID episodes in the past, uh, but I, I think it, to your point, Paul, was something that was just an anomaly that everyone just struggled to kind of deal with. Um, it is interesting, uh, switching gears a little bit, looking at this link that you sent, Paul, to us, right? And this is The Value of Education, The Price of Success. It's a fact sheet that we posted to the Facebook page um, that talks about some interesting stats when it comes to college and, and kids and stuff. And the ones that I picked out were 62% of parents stopped or reduced their leisure activities to support their child's university education. 85% of students are working in inpaid employment while studying and the average degree amount for students they spend over the course of a degree is $99,417. So I'll let that sink in and maybe Tony you kick off what what are those jumping out at you what jumps out at you the most is it the parents reducing their, their 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 leisure time is it the students working or is it this staggering $100,000 price tag to go to a four-year school Well
2: I I think the thing that jumps out at me is to look at that final number, what's the cost to go to the school? And I think sometimes that's often overlooked, right? I mean, you know, my hope and what we're really trying to do is get our, our kids through school without having a any loans or very little loans at all, right? And we're very mm-hmm. fortunate in Florida with Uh, with their uh, merit scholarships and things like that for grades where they have reduced the in-school tuition. So you can be very fortunate in our state. I mean, we're in a top, you know, top tier university and the cost of tuition per kid is, you know, because they got their bright future scholarships where maybe it's just under three grand for, for the tuition for the school. And then you've got the room and board and stuff like that. Right. But I I look at that cost of the education or, and, and I think, you really have to break it down by cost of the experience because you do have the tuition cost. You do have the room and board po- cost. And I think the, the the chart you're referring to actually breaks it out quite nicely. And I, I wonder how many people overlook some of that room and board, spending money, etc., cetera, books, et cetera, et cetera. So it all adds up. And you really see that when you look at the disparity between the in-state and the out-of-state. And then you got to look at that total number. And then you got to add a piece to the equation, in my opinion. You got to add the piece of at that moment in time, what is your child student um, going to school for? And what's the income potential of that goal at that moment, right? And there was a real interesting uh, point that was made. My daughter out of the blue went to school for interior design. Now, we don't even know where that came from. And certainly we're not, we're encouraging, you know, whatever, if that's what she wants to do, great. But we had never heard it before. And then we're sitting at dinner over Christmas, and she was asking us about our industry, real estate, mortgage, things like that, and the income potential there. And we said, do you have any idea where the job potential is for your degree? She goes, no, I never really thought about it. Now, we had touched on it before, and she went in and she looked, and if, if I'm not mistaken, the average interior design major was like forty three thousand dollars a year. I, if, if, and I'm going off the top of my head, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. But it was in that area. And her, 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 she was shocked. Now, keep in mind that she's not really worried about the cost factor of school. But if at the end of the day she she was part of that discussion, let's just say let's round it up. It's twenty thousand dollars a year. She's going to walk out with an eighty thousand dollar. Uh, total expense under the average, which is good because of bright futures, um, on a $40,000 a year job. So if she devoted 100% of her salary, it's two years to get the payback. I think that that really needs to be added into that chart. And certainly, that's not to discourage anybody from their career goals. I mean, because I just think there should be a reality about what that total cost is for the schooling, what the profession you want to go into. And maybe the hard question is, is there a different way to do it if the if the balance is out of whack, right? And I think what's, and what is that equation? Is it, you know, do you say, hey, if I take 15% of my salary or I take 20% of my salary and that's what I'm going to, to pay back that that exposure. I would like to see that being part of the, the, equation because that's the number that jumps out at me what's that total expense and and then i think the 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 second question is how are we paying for it because you know everybody's means are different and that should be respected so to to paul's point is it a 370 and seventy dollar a month payment that you're going to have or are you fortunate enough that you're walking out with no debt That, I think you have to look at all that and the way you have to do it is with that N number. What's that total cost of exposure for that degree?
0: Right, and and not just the total cost, but as you said, Tony, right? How much are they going to make in this career? All right, so they're making X amount, pick 43, 45 to start. Okay, that's your baseline. Take taxes out of that, living expenses out of that. And then, okay, what do you have left to live by the way if you do have loans how are we going to pay that off i know my wife's profession they all have i think it's a requirement i think they all have a master's degree in that field right so she has friends who are still paying off their their college and their master's degrees and it, it's and it's a long time and now they're looking at their kids are going to college and they're still paying off their own loans it's a never-ending vicious cycle it, it's I I can't I couldn't find the article. I maybe I should have looked a little bit harder, everyone. But that is the cost of education, the rate of increase in cost has outpaced inflation for so many years that it's really, really hard and somewhat unattainable for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and and, and I a few things. You guys are really talking about some cool stuff here. And I, I just I was jotting stuff down on my pad. I mean, I remember years ago and, and Paul knows who I'm talking about, my financial superhero from college. Um, would still advise me. I had dinner with him recently, but he told me a long time ago, um, you know, cause I, when my son was born, I was contemplating opening the five twenty nine plan and he's, and we were going back and forth. He goes, Paul, he goes, he goes, you're working, your wife's working. You got a house. You're not getting anything. You got to start saving. And whatever you think you're saving is a lot and ain't enough. Right. That's, he was very clear with it. Very succinct, very, very, very like dunk the head in the water. That was it, right? So that's what it is. So I've I've always kind of remember that and I've I've talked about on the show. We've always set a certain dollar amount every year that we try to target to put away each and every year in dollar cost average in, right? And that's what we do. Um in and and, and and I guess Tony to your point, you know, around this what you know, not only what you're earning, the future earnings, what is this really going to equate to, right, when you when you graduate. And then the other two things I want to kind of shout out is I had a good buddy of mine whose daughter was looking at being a going into the fashion industry, right? So she spent like one semester, you know, she started her freshman year wanting to, you know, be in fashion. Then she had an intern that internship that summer and realized like they don't make anything and it's very tough. It's, it's almost like being, uh, uh, you know, you gotta be only a certain amount, make the big dollars and everyone else you just don't move. She subsequently decided to become a teacher, right? And that has more value for her and it, and it worked itself out. But, I don't know if any of you ever listened to Dave Ramsey. I used to listen all the time to his podcast, um, but he would have stories on there all the time of people with 200000 in debt, $400,000 in debt, 800000 like numbers that were obscene for 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 degrees that some that didn't even finish. And they're now working in an industry that is there's no college degree required, but yet they're dragging around a half a million dollars in debt. So there's a lot to unpack there, right?
0: Yeah, well, and so, well, Paul, look at some of our recent guests: financial planners, uh, financial coach, right? They one of them went to went to school for music, the other one went for art, and they're not doing that. And the um, certified financial advisor and planner, when she went, um, she was doing financial planning, working there as a hobby, sort of just to pay some bills, and that ended up becoming a career because she realized well, the music wasn't going to pay for it, and she shared that with us on the episode. So, that's I wish, there, I I wish there were, like,
2: I, you know, you make a good point, right, Paul, that, like, and I think it's a little unfair, right, to think that an 18, 17, 18, 19-year-old really knows mm. what they want to do with the rest of their life. I, I'm I'm going to be 58 in May. I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, right? So, sometimes, you, you know, paths take you in different places. Sydney never ante- anticipated uh, my daughter being in the mortgage industry. So I think it's a little unfair. Um, and maybe one of the things that should be considered in this process is like, what are some core, let them pick their major, right? Because you want them to chase their dream. I, I would never want to discourage any child from chasing their dream and taking their, their angry, angry. Them, right? So, but maybe there's, could be some core classes that, the you know you could suggest and and advise to the then they take those that allow them to meander through life that then it does impact right it, you know financial classes business classes things like that because I I think Paul you said like your friends that didn't go to school but became an electrician became you know a body shop guy well if they have some business background classes and small accounting financial classes that opens up a pathway. That now you could become a business owner, right?
1: Yeah, I, and that's what those guys are. Right? I should have I mean, prefaced so- that. These guys are owners now with, with you know, and, and they do really well, right? And they it's all, it was all from the ground up, right? And and so that goes back to the mantra of, and I have a joke about it sometimes, like, I don't know why I went to college sometimes. Like, I, I'm trying to figure it out because I do have friends that um, didn't take that route and they, they do just fine right? They just really do just fine. And this also comes down to, you know, uh, kind of, and you're right. Knowing what you, what you want to be, like I wanted to be an accountant because someone told me that I should be an accountant and it didn't work out that way. So I got lucky, right? In my path and it took me where I am. Um, I think like my son wants to be in computer science. He, he's always been into computers. That's his thing. Um, so I, I'd be shocked if he, If he went to school and came back and said, dad, I want to be something else like, but it could happen, Um, you know, and then, you know, so it's, it's very interesting and kind of, I'm going to go one step further in terms of, you know, talking about costs and, and, and looking at the return on investment, you know, this whole thing of state versus private school, what's that value, right? So is it worth it to go? To a state school, is it worth it to go to a private school? I think it depends. Once again, on scholarships and everything else, you have to do the math, like Paul said, and I, I have used his spreadsheet extensively. But is there any views from you guys on on state versus private school?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna hop in there quick. It depends on what state. So going to your own state is substantially more affordable than going to another state, right? Because you, when you're going yep. to another state, you're paying the out-of-state tuition, which is generally at least double the in-state. So you want to find a a good state that has the schools, maybe you move there for a few years beforehand. I know people have done that, right? They they prove their residency there for a year or two, and then they go to school, right, to to get that state cost. Um, Honestly, personally, a lot of these educational institutions can give you a great, valuable education. I think the difference in a lot of this is marketing, right? You look at some of these big names, I'm not saying they don't have a great education. They're really good at marketing versus other states that just, that might have a very good education program, but they stink at marketing. So they don't have that allure that some of these other states have. You know, you look at New York State. New York State has tons of state schools, Paul, right? They're all called SUNY this, SUNY that. I don't know if you know this, But a few years ago, they dropped the SUNY part in front of a lot of those schools' names and started calling them Buffalo and all these towns or cities to try and remarket and rebrand themselves. Because when you're competing with UMICH, Texas A&M, those big, big names, yes, they're massive schools. It's about marketing in, in some of it. Not all of it. I know that. But I think there's a lot of marketing there. I'll let Tony go. Sorry. Yeah,
2: I think I, I think the big thing there, uh, and 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 I'm glad you added the in-state out. I think you'd add that in-state out-of-state out-of-state private, right? I think mm-hmm. if you are going, if you're chasing a very specific type degree, somebody, and I'm going to use probably just some real hot like simple examples. You're you want to be a you want to be a doctor. You want to be a veterinarian. You want to be a dentist, and then you're going to have schools that you you know you have to go to certain schools to be able to advance that that education. That's going to allow you to get your undergrad and then go to your 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 graduate degree programs to get those certain fields. So I think you have to look at that, and I think that's where you you, you draw a little bit of a line there. Um, and then the experience, right? I think you look at the child, you look at the the student, and. Do they want that big school experience or, or are they better off in a, a small school? Some people don't want that big school experience, you know, uh, the football, the, the, the sports, the, the that, that kind of environment. My kids did. So they looked at that. And, I, you know, my daughter probably gravitates more towards it than my son does. Um, but I, I think that big out of state uh, versus in state, like we had that experience and had to have that hard conversation with my daughter where, the out-of-state school, very good school, beautiful school. Um, we were thrilled that she got accepted. But at the end of the day, it was going to be $20,000 more, more or less, maybe a little bit more than that, um, for the same undergrad deg- degree that she could get here in Florida. And then it's like, well, are you going to move out of state? Because if you're going to live in state, your networking is going to be better at the state school, right? So you get cost, you get networking, you get those kind of things, Um and again, it's complicated, but I would defer to, for, for a lack of a better way of saying it, is it a general degree that you're shooting for, or is it a specific degree that you're shooting for, like, I, like the examples I gave? And if it's a general degree, then I think you really look at that, you, you know, because I think to Paul's point, I think the in-state option is always going to be less expensive. Right. So if you're going to get the same degree that you would get out of state, in state or or general versus private, and you're going to walk away with the same degree, with the same basic options available to you post graduation, why spend that extra money? That's where I would defer to. What's the purpose of spending all that more money?
1: Yeah, and I think that. Yeah, I think that is interesting because, and in this because this could be all over the place. I know that I have, I have a friend of mine, um, and and he was saying and he, he could afford to send his kids wherever right they want, if whatever they get into, he could send them to. Right? We'll just leave it at that. Um, and and his attitude on it was, look, if they get into Harvard, if they get into Yale, I'll pay for it. But if they're not getting into a top top dog school. I'm not paying for it. They're going to go to a state school, right? That that's his mantra, right? And 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 so it's interesting all these different takes on it. I think anecdotally, from my perspective, um, I agree with all of this. It's very tough, you know, trying to figure out, you know, looking at the numbers, and then you know, does is the, if the kid is going to excel at a certain school versus another you know, in the, so let's say it's an out-of-state school and is a big school and the other choice is a smaller school in-state, but you know, your kid would be more thrive, would be better off or wants to be at that big school. It's it's tough to balance that out. But Tony, to your point, you had those tough conversations, right? With your kids and, you know, how do you balance it all out? And, you know, everyone falls in love with this particular school or that particular school, and you're trying to figure it out. And, and to Paul's point around the marketing there, I forget which school it is. It has, like, a lazy river, like, at the school, right? Louisiana.
0: Louisiana.
1: Yeah. It's really kind of – it's really crazy. So, you know, I think 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 that – yeah, is that what it is, LSU? I I don't know. I I don't know what it is.
0: I don't remember. But, yeah, it is nuts.
1: Yeah, it really is crazy. And, And so I guess we're all saying it's worth the investment. Right. but well, you're, you have to really do your homework to make sure you're making the investment in the right spot.
2: Oh, I th- look. To... I, I, I'll, I'll take that quickly. I think it's definitely, definitely worth the investment. And you asked a the mm-hmm. question there that I did. I'd like to give you this, this specific answer on. So when it was boiled down to what her top choice was out of state and then the in-state choice, you know, the conversation that we had, and it was difficult because you never want to disappoint your kids, right? We're, we're, we're always trying to, I, I think most people are trying to do whatever they can to, that's our legacy. Our kids are our legacy, right? But what I, you know, the conversation that we had was this, look, if you really want to go to that top choice out of state school, here's the reality. I will, I will put X amount of dollars into that school, which means for you to go there, you're going to have to work part time. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to secure, and we'll help. You're gonna to have to secure some loans, and you're looking at carrying out. We went to this point. You're looking at when this is all said and done. You're gonna walk away from that degree with an eighty thousand dollar exposure that you're that you're responsible for, and you know you're eight hours away, and you're not gonna be able to come back and forth. You're, you're, you're like, for lack of a better way to put it, we're like you're gonna be the poor kid on that campus. Or if you go here, you can have the full experience without the stress of that, those additional stressors. And I think that's what you have to understand their stressors. And it was amazing. It wasn't our decision. She made the decision. And she's very, was there disappointment? I am sure there was. But she was very, she's very happy at FSU. And she's very happy with the decision because she's able to live the college experience, that great value that we all agree to. But without those stressors, so that's how we went about it. For what it's worth, that's yeah, a great, great way to go about it. Yeah,
0: that, that's great. And I'm really um, happy that you took the time to lay it out and say, "Here's your exposure at the end." Right? I, th- I happen to think, Tony, I don't think I don't think you're common in doing that. I think that's rare. I wish a lot of people would understand that exposure at the end. Um, Probably wrongly with my kids. I always told them you could do whatever you want to do. As long as when you're done, you can get a JOB. Right? So, whatever it is, but that could be anything. And they've chosen their path as far and they seem to be happy with it. But laying yeah. it out like that is great. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I, I'm not there yet. Right. So, we, I, we're waiting to see what the conversation shakes out to be. And we're waiting on the decision for one more school. But We'll see, you know, um, I I think I know the way it's, it's leaning, but time will tell. And I'll, I'll talk about it on the show uh, once we, we get there, but (laughs) having those conversations is important and, and kind of, and, you know, drilling into those, uh, those things that you said, and Tony, you know, what came to mind is we had the wedding episode that we talked about that we taped, and it's almost like that conversation was was sort of tied to that could, could have been tied and could have been advice for parents for for weddings right here's what you get and anything after that's on you
2: well don't you think the the, the hard part is right in in any situation right once you get them they're graduating high school whether it's college wedding whatever it is right there there's a bridge there from they're always going to be your kid but they're moving into that adulthood right Mm -hmm. and so that that the 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 bind is is different, and I, the 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 path that I try and take, and it's hard because I don't I want to do whatever I can for my kids, right? Yep. Probably to the yep. fault, and I bet you most parents would say that, right? Which is why yep. your point earlier, right? People the 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 parents will give up leisure time activities to be able to send their kids to school. So I mean that yep. underlines that point, and I think we're all there to whatever extent we can be, but there has to be. And understanding that they're moving into adulthood. So you have to respect the fact that you got to have these conversations, no matter how hard they are. I wanted to say, yes, go to your first choice in school. It just wasn't a reality. So we had to find the courage and the, the proper way to do that and bridge that gap. Look, they're, they're going to be adults. Let's start helping them and learn that you have to contemplate and consider without just making a decision just because you think it's the, it's the one I want to make? What's the ramifications of that decision, good or bad? Yeah.
1: yeah, very smart advice, Tony. And I think that ties to the maybe the last topic we'll touch upon is stu- school loans. How deep should you go for an education? And to your point, there's a lot of people fall in love with schools because school loan debt is, is through the roof, right? So yeah. you know, clearly there are a lot of parents out there not having that, conversation right they go to a school the the kid picks a school for xyz reason and everyone's chips in the middle of the table loans parent loans kid loans and there's all kinds of horror stories right where parents take the loans out on behalf of the kids the kids don't finish the school and then the parents are stuck with loans and the kids are supposed to pay them off and now thanksgiving dinner's all ruined right because they can't this you know the the money is now in the middle of everything because they've taken out these exorbitant loans because they fell in love with whatever school that they were doing. So I I know for me, my, my personal take is I'm really desperately trying not to have loans for my kids for the four years. Right. And after that, I don't know, but I'm really desperately trying hard not to take out loans for the undergrad. If we can, it may not be possible, but we're really trying not to, because I know how dangerous they are, right. They're they're literally, you know, they're fixed. You can't you can't get rid of them unless you die, right? Uh, or maybe severely disabled. That's when you could default on them. But other than that, you got to pay them no matter what. Bankruptcy, you can't do anything with them. So they're just bulletproof when it comes to that. So, so how deep should parents go for for their education, you know, to help their kids? Or how deep should kids go for their education? Tony, I know you touched upon it, but maybe you want to dive a little deep on it, deeper on it.
2: Well. I'm in full agreement with you. We're doing everything we can to avoid college debt and at at worst case, keep it at a minimum. Right. So we're we're on the same page there. Um, I think it goes back to uh, it's really full circle to the whole conversation. Right. What's the total cost? What's that going? What's that? What's that debt going to look like? when you come out, right? So what's your what's your potential earning, what's your earning potential, what's that payment gonna be, right? And actually at that point, I think if you're taking out the debt, you actually have to kind of go out there and forecast what your income's gonna be, take into account taxes, insurance, and what you're gonna have as a net check after that payment, because that's what you're gonna go live on. So are you gonna take all this debt out and walk out as a as a as a pauper and you can't do anything Um, because you're so far in debt. And and then you've got to make really critical and hard decisions, right? And I think one thing that's really cool that's happening here in the state of Florida, um, the governor just signed into uh, a a bill or a law that's now going to mandate before a college kid can, uh, excuse me, a high school kid can graduate, graduate, they got to take a financial literacy course so that they understand credit reports, credit scores, credit card debt, all that stuff, right? Something that's so never talked about. I, I mean, it never talked about at all in school, at home. You, you shield your kids from that, actually, right? Um, so I think if absent that, then you got to walk into those conversations and and sit down with a spreadsheet, have that conversation, and then decide if the return on the investment's there, look at that expense, no matter how you're paying for it, as an investment, and then what the payback is and what the return is, and then if it's affordable, do it. But holy cow, you don't want to walk out of college, you know, and have a four or five or a six hundred dollar payment that now you can't afford to go buy a car, you can't afford to go get your apartment, you can't afford to go to the grocery store, you know. There's one thing to be the the, the I think my son calls it were the poor college kids which I'm laughing my tail off about that one because it's the furthest <laughs> thing from the tr- truth right but you you, you know you want to you want to meander out of that poor college kid and be able to at least start your life and be independent. So I guess the best way I would answer that question is after that evaluation if you can't be independent once you get that degree, then you got to consider your funding in the degree. That's That would be my heartfelt opinion at that point.
0: Yeah, cool. I would agree cool. with you. T- Tony, you know, just looking at that same article, you know, you, you nailed it before. You said you were looking at $80,000 gap at that one point with that private school, and that's what they're showing here. The average funding gap after parents spend, students spend, whatever, whatever it's $82,000 right now. That's that's a lot of money, as you said, when you take into account just living and taxes and everything else. It's really hard. It's really hard. Don't you think,
2: Paul, and I think you and I had a sidebar conversation about it. Let's just take that 80 grand, right? Let's use that mm -hmm. as a number. If you can sit there as a family and amortize it over five, six, seven, eight years where you know that's where it's going to end, okay, That's a little different than getting into the student loan. I mean, you might do it via a student loan, but if you just pay that, and Paul, you made a really good point. Like if you're just paying that payment on the student loan, you're paying that, you could be paying that into your forties or fifties. So what's the, like, don't look at what the student loan payment is. Look at what a reasonable payback, payback would be. could be seven, could be eight, could be nine, could be 10 years, whatever it is, but at least have a plan to get out of it.
0: Right? Yes, and and let's remember, if you do these as personal loans, the interest rate on a personal loan is so much more than other types of loans. Whether it be, I know a lot of people do this, Tony. Right? You know the industry. They take out a home equity loan to help fund this, so they're taking equity out of their home to pay for their college education for their child, which is you know great if they can and willing to, and they see the value in that. That's great. I think we all agree that the college experience and the value of it is there for most people, but how are you funding it? So that's one thing on the funding I just wanted to share. I know a lot of people do use a home equity loan to help cover that, but even those are variable. So you have to be careful, right? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And And I think with with that, we'll jump into the summary recap. I think for me, it's really about Tony, this concept of future earnings, right? Kind of extrapolating out and, and kind of having that plan. What's the payback? And really do the math on whatever major slash school combination you're looking at to see if the math pays off. So, uh, Paul, I'll hand it to you. Then we'll let Tony, our guest, have the last word.
0: Uh, Sure. Um, So I agree with you, Paul. But I also I'm still not convinced that college is for everyone. And um, there are tons of examples of, of people that have been extremely successful without it. And you don't have to be success dollar wise. They could just be happier right? And content with what they're doing in the world. And part of me thinks that some of this is a little corporate responsibility. When you look at applications online for jobs, you know, bachelor's required, bachelor's required. Sometimes you get like entry level for some of these. Why? Why? So I I think it's incumbent upon a lot of people to really look at that as well and help fix some of those things. Because there are a lot of well-qualified people who may not have a bachelor's degree, So um, I think it's a great topic tonight. I could probably go on and on for hours here on this, but uh, I'll hand it off to Tony.
2: Yeah, I think, again, uh, just underlining how I think important to continue your education, get as much education as you can. Uh, All this talk about, I think we're trying to figure out a way to really help people uh, understand the whole process and how to compact that into the good discussions that need to be had. But, by all means, you're trying to get that that degree uh, when and if it's 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 possible, right? Um, I just think going through it pragmatically and be and don't ignore the details, right? You, I think that chart that that you put up on the Facebook page outstanding tool to use. Create a spreadsheet um, and then you know. Do the math and and look at the return on investment, understanding, I think, like you said earlier, hey, you might change careers. OK, so whatever your path may be, as long as that education is affordable. Right. If it's affordable, then go all in and do it and enjoy it. Do the best you can and, and get in the whole experience. If it's not affordable, then really investigate what other means there could be. And that goes back to that two-year associate's degree, possibly, and then moving on. So you cut the cost. We're not, I'm not in any way trying to, to say don't do it. But I'm saying look at all the, those factors and then make sure it makes sense, not just in the moment, but long-term for, for the child and the student and ultimately the families. That's all. Uh, we're thrilled with it. We, we, we're thrilled that our kids went through the process. We're thrilled with the the fact that we were able to have those discussions, discussions with them. And I think they appreciate the fact that we did. Um, and I know this for a fact. They'll appreciate it more down the road when they're faced with the same discussions they have to have. So that's where I would go with it.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Well, Paul and Tony, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today. And I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Paul reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.